Hello again, this is Dan Jones with another Quiet Talk. I've talked a lot about faith in these Quiet Talks. Faith is non-optional for the Christian. It's the most basic thing there is. Today I want to talk about a word that I don't think as many sermons are preached about. and That word is hope. Hope is sometimes thought of as sort of a weak version of faith. Faith is victorious. Faith is triumphant. But when you're just hoping, well, you're just about lost. People look at hope in certain situations as just our way of trying to keep a good thought when in reality it's over. We just don't want to accept it. I hope after this talk you'll understand this word the way it's used in the Bible. Towards the end of his great discourse on being saved by faith, the letter to the Romans, Paul said this in chapter 15, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Paul calls God the God of hope. Do you think of God this way? We usually think of the power of the Holy Spirit giving us supernatural faith, but here it says that through the Spirit's power, we will simply overflow with hope. So hope is not the weak sister of faith after all. Hope is something to be desired. Hope comes to us through the power of God, His precious Spirit working this in us. To understand the difference, and it's not huge, but it's there, between faith and hope, let's look again at our old buddy Abraham. God came to Abraham and made some wonderful promises. He promised him a great land, the land of Canaan. Abraham lived in that land for a hundred years as a pilgrim, a tent dweller. The only real estate he ever personally owned was his wife's grave. He paid money for that. And yet he believed that God would give this land to his descendants. He had faith. In Genesis 15, God cut a blood covenant with Abraham. When he did so, and it was at night, God told Abraham to look up at the stars. It was a clear night and there were no street lights around. He saw lots of stars. I grew up in a city, and I remember the first time I ever really saw the stars like that. I was 17 years old, going to college out west, and I was astounded. Of course, Abraham was probably used to that sight, but the amazing thing was what God said to him as he gazed heavenward. We read in Genesis 15, 5 and 6, And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. He believed what God promised him. He believed that God was going to give him many descendants, indeed, to make him a great nation. There was only one problem. Sarah 
had never been able to have children. She was around 65 years old when God made this promise, but Abraham still believed God. As we read on in this fascinating biography, we learn that Abraham and Sarah got a little nervous about things, and Abraham had a son through Sarah's handmaiden, Hagar. But in process of time, God made it clear that the promise originally made was not going to be fulfilled through Ishmael, Hagar's son, but through a son that Sarah herself would bear. Now, that was a big promise. That was impossible. And here is where hope comes in. Listen to what Paul said about all this. In hope, he, that is Abraham, believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. In hope, he believed against hope. He kept up this hope when both he and his wife were far too old to have children. And you know what happened. God kept his promise like he always does but not until after a long period of waiting on Abraham and Sarah's part. Hope. Hope is what we need when it looks like what we had believed in faith is impossible. It was one thing for Abraham to believe when God first spoke to him that God would make him a great nation. When the story of Abraham first begins, we're told that Sarah was unable to have children. Perhaps Abraham assumed in the beginning that another woman would give birth to the child that would keep this promise alive, but then he himself began to get older. That's when he had a son by Hagar. But as we mentioned, God said to them that having a child by Hagar was not the plan, but that Sarah would have a child. At first, Abraham laughed at this idea. By the way, that's what the name Isaac means, laughter. But God spoke to him in no uncertain terms about who the mother of the promised son would be. And even in his old age, the Bible says that he hoped against hope. And finally, the promise came true. What has God spoken to you about in your life? Is there something that you feel God impressed upon you years ago, a promise perhaps about how he was going to use you? I've had things like this in my life. I have had visions, you could say, of God using me. I can't say I've really seen the fulfillment of these visions. Maybe they've been fulfilled in ways that I can't see right now, but I know one thing for certain. When God gives a vision, there will be a time that comes in our lives when it looks like it can never happen. It's just the way God works. God gave the first disciples a vision of a kingdom. But then instead of seeing the kingdom come the way they expected, persecution came. The kingdom began to look like a pipe dream. But it isn't a pipe dream. The promise will be fulfilled. Someone once said, 
Never doubt in the dark what God showed you in the light. In the light. That's faith. The darkness is when hope comes into play. My good friend, don't give up hope. You know, the psalmist got very discouraged, and in Psalm 42, he spoke to his own soul and said, Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. In Romans chapter 8, one of the most wonderful chapters in the Bible, Paul speaks of the redemption of our bodies, which will happen someday, the time when all the pain and suffering of this present life will be over forever. He says, For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Just in case you ever wonder about whether or not I've lived through the stuff I talk about here, my wife Debbie and I are living in Romans 8.25 right now. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are the God of hope, that you have given us hope in Jesus Christ, hope of eternal life, and hope for this life that you will fulfill the promises that you have made to us. Oh God, encourage today those who listen to this talk and fill them with hope. I pray the God of hope will fill them with all joy and peace in believing that by the power of the Holy Spirit, they might overflow with hope. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who himself is our hope. Amen. My dear friend, please contact me if you have not already, or if you have, I'd love to hear from you. If this uh, talk speaks to you in a particular way, I'd like to hear about it. My email address is father.danjones at outlook.com. May God richly bless you and fill you with hope.